0: This is the In The Cove podcast.
1: Welcome to In The Cove. My name's Rob Caldor.
0: And I'm Jackie Barker, founder of In The Cove.
1: Jackie, it's been a while. I know we've been a bit neglectful of our loyal In The Cove podcast listeners, but we're back today. Um, A lot's been going on in the last couple of months. What's been happening for you?
0: Oh, Rob, it's been... Action, 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 I've been, my computer and I have been very intimate. I got back from Christmas holidays, thought I would have some 12 days break. Didn't happen because of course we had the the great rat race, trying to find rats everywhere and then people who couldn't have rats but still needed PCRs. You know, just so much happening. And then we went into busways taking over the buses, so we needed to tell people about that. And then a lot of the buses were not coming because of uh, driver shortage. And then we've got events coming back, so we had to get that all up. And then Lang Cove Council. The elections were held in December and the first meeting was in January and there are six new councillors on the council and three returning and those new councillors have, have been working really hard to put through a lot of ideas and but also tackle some really contentious issues and it's been full-on. I think they've had three meetings in, in, in the first two months, which is a lot. So, yeah, it's just been full-on but uh, enjoyed it. In the Cove News...
1: Well, speaking of Lanko Council, I was reading on ITC about something I wouldn't expect I would have heard about, something called Tofu (laughs) Gate. Jackie, what was Tofu Gate?
0: Ah, thanks for asking, Rob. So Tofu (laughs) Gate came out of left field councillor rochelle flood who's a green councillor she put up a motion saying that she would like more plant protein based alternatives at land Cove council events and land Cove council functions so what she was asking for was more vegetarian options at land Cove council events she specifically said she was not trying to replace meat she also said that there are people who who um, want vegetarian or vegan for many reasons including meat free monday being healthy, the planet, and that's all she wanted to do, which was interesting because I'd been at a Lancôme Council seminar two days before and one of the gentlemen behind me said, why is there never any vegetarian options at council functions?" So she was obviously tapped, tapped into a good point. Two councillors stood up and said, well, we don't understand this. What, what is soy? What is plant-based products? Is it tofu? Is that what we're talking about? What should have been a very quick, yes, we agree, went on for quite a considerable te- period of time and there were lots of questions asked by Councillor Benison about what this all entailed and he wanted to get community consultation and I, I actually was floored because I thought that what Rochelle Flood had said was just a very sensible thing. When you have a council function, just have more vegetarian options. And then it got me to thinking, well, why are people so confused about what plant-based proteins are and how they fit into our everyday um menu choices.
1: I mean, Jackie, to me, it's it's a daily thing, why? Like it shouldn't be an issue. I'm amazed that uh, so much time was spent over something which in essence is trying to include as many people as possible. And I think it's uh, I think it's important for us to have a deeper look into what these meat alternatives are. So we're going to get online Andrew May, who works as a Chief Growth Officer at v Two Meat, but, Before we get Andrew online, he's got a bit of a connection to Lane Cove. Is that right?
0: That's right. Andrew May is a Lane Cove boy. He doesn't live here anymore, but his parents still, both his parents do. He's part of the May family, which are Lancove legends. Lindsay May has done more Sydney to Hobart yacht races than you've probably had hot dinners. Um, he's an absolute legend in the yachting world. He's also the Rotary District President of, and his wife, Tanya Mace, is the President-elect of Land Rotary and his former wife, Jenny May. Jenny May is a tireless worker for Land Rotary, raising funds for both local and overseas charities and her raffles are renowned. In the Cove special guest. We are
1: blessed to have Andrew May on the In the Cove podcast. Hello, Andrew. Hi. How you doing? Now Andrew, you are, you're the chief growth officer at V2 Food. What does V2 Foods do and how was it
2: developed? Right, so V2 is um, stands for version two of food um and so there's, there's quite an interesting foundation story the, the company is only uh three years old now and it was formed in direct um response to the climate change um challenge we're facing as a globe so the premise is that with a growing population um uh, forecasted to be 10 billion people in 2050 t- to feed that amount of people with uh, the increasing meat consumption rates you'd actually need a whole second planet's worth of animals to feed that. So we just can't get there. There's um there's too much demand on, on current protein. So we have to find a more efficient way to actually create protein for people. Um, and the company was actually founded uh, as a collaboration between uh, Jack Cowan uh, of Hungry Jacks and CSIRO um, and came about in a... Jack had seen the success of plant-based protein or plant-based meat in the US and was trying to find a way to make it and approached CSIRO and said, you guys have a lot of very clever scientists that work in food. Do you think you could um, you know, develop some products with me? And they said, well, actually, let's make a company that is um, designated to, to try and solve this problem. So between between the uh, CSIRO and Jack and a main sequence, which is a, a venture capital fund fund that represents CSIRO, they uh, created the company and picked a founder, which is uh, Nick Hazel, our CEO and founder. And uh, that was the start of 2019, and we've gone about there taking plants and turning them into meat analogue products, so um, plant-based products that look, cook, taste um, just like animal meat, and uh, that's that's how it all kicked off.
0: Wow, that sounds amazing. Although, Rob, when you introduced Andrew, you forgot to say that one of his titles was tastetarian, which I love. <laughs> so do you get to taste all the products?
2: Um, yeah, I do. I mean, the, jo- the joke is I also grow the products, better growth officer, but that's re- more about growing the business. But the, the whole tastetarian thing is, um, you know, I, I started working here and I was like, oh, are you a vegan now? And I was like, no, I'm not a vegan. I'm just trying to cut down meat, you know, and, and this is a product that I can eat day in, day out, you know, sl- slot into a bolognese or, or use in any different way. And, I have a much lesser impact on the planet than eating meat, and it sort of works. So, as we started to go through the research to understand what consumers thought about this, there's only a very small percentage of vegans and vegetarians that are that are true vegans and vegetarians, right? They're, they're doing it all day, every day, and they've got a lot better willpower than I do. I've, you know, I've thought about it in the past. I just, you know, I, I like meat and I like cheeses and dairies and things. So I've, I've found it hard. But there's a lot of people that say, oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of vegetarian four days a week. I try and eat less. And you know, the term flexitarian has come in to, to determine that. Um, and then there is a new term, term called reducitarians. So as we were sort of like talking to all these people and they're like, but you know what? Like I just eat food. I just If it tastes good, I'll eat it. So it's like, so you eat anything that tastes good. So that makes you a tastetarian. And that sort of developed the idea behind our advertising campaign, which is like, here's one food to rule them all. It doesn't matter if you're a really loyal vegan that have been for 10 years or you're, you know, a big carnivore, this will um, satisfy everyone at the dinner table and 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 not feel weird, not, not be the person that turns up and goes, oh, can I have a special dish? It's like it sort of, it, you know, it broaches a lot of different dietary requirements. So that's the the whole tastetarian thing that's um, been a bit of fun for us.
1: Andrew, I think we've all noticed the growth in the whole uh, meat alternatives. If you go down the aisle of any supermarket and you, you can see the it's become more than a niche and I, I was hearing stats that year on year the growth has been something like you know across the industry 14% for the last couple of years. How close to mimicking the actual flavour of meat are your products by now?
2: Okay so Jack Jack Cowan um, came out to Australia and started uh, KFC in, in Western Australia over 50 years ago now and then founded Hungry Jack's from there, so the Burger King international franchise. So his claim to fame is he's eaten more burgers than any other Australian. Um, he got to a spot when we were developing the products that he thought it was a beef burger, and he said, "Okay, if you've just tricked me, this product's now ready." So, it's it's very very close. So if you have a uh, Hungry Jack's Rebel Whopper, which is made with our V two products, it like. That's when I decided to work for the company. Up until that point, I said, look, it's not really for me. The products don't taste that great. And I tried it and I also thought it was beef. That one, I mean, it does taste slightly different if you put them side by side, but it tastes like a good burger. So there's still probably a little bit of a way to go because we think we can actually get it tasting better than beef or pork or chicken. Um, but for now, you know, if you prepare it in the right way and cook it and integrate it to a meal, you can you can often trick people. And I've I've had a lot of fun with my friends turning up to places with a a kofta or a gyoza or a goslamay and, and just not telling them and then yeah, letting them know afterwards. So they know they don't know what I'm up to now, but there is um is definitely a lot closer in the last two to three years in particular around the world, the products have gone from being, you know, poor, poor tasting alternatives to actually being able to integrate into everyday life.
0: Well, you know, one of the my when I was growing up, one of my all time favourite ads was "It takes two hands to handle a Whopper because a Whopper is better at Hungry Jacks." So, do I need two hands to handle a vegetarian one?
2: Oh, look, it's it's exactly the same, right? So it's the same the same build. Um, so the burger bun, um, the uh, lettuce, cheese, out I mean, I I order mine with cheese, but if you're strictly vegan, um, then you you wouldn't have cheese, or you go for a, a vegan cheese. But it's designed to be applied into food the same way that anything else would. So if you want, like, a giant nachos to feed, you know, 20 people, then you slot it in. If you want to do a, you know, dainty little sort of side dish, then you can also do that. So um, it's just incredible to see what people have created with the products because they just use it as the base ingredient.
0: You you rattled off a whole lot of things, koftas, gozleme. Where do we get this? Like... How, is it easy to get at the supermarkets?
2: Yeah, so we um look, we're probably the first major brand. So you might have heard of Beyond Meat um in the US um and then Impossible Foods um so they were sort of uh, leading the way in the US and uh, B two is Australia's answer to that. So we we believe Australia's got a really good um agricultural background. Um, we think there's a huge opportunity here to take um, Australian grains and, and pulses and legumes and turn them into value added to export to the world and really lead the way. We've got you know, the best scientists in the world in CSRO, So, the, the idea that we have is really to um, create the base ingredients. So, we have a range of um, V2 mints, uh, V2 burger, V2 sausage, and they're available in Coles and Woolworths. Um, and then we're just about to launch a range of chicken, tasting, uh, chicken products. So, there's schnitzels, tenders, and nuggets. And uh, they will uh, also be uh, available through supermarkets. But then also, we're in um, obviously Hungry Jack's as the V2 Rebel Whopper, and then uh, in cafes and restaurants. So it's been a really um, tough few years, obviously, for the food service industry with, with COVID lockdown. So it's been. Um, it's not a time that they really go and change menus and introduce new things but we're really starting to see them um get on board so uh piccolo me up at st leonard's um has a v2 burger on their menu um but then if you jump on the v2 food website you can find a lot of different other locations that are selling it and so they'll also have um, nuggets which are just such a good tasting product that will um, launch in the next uh few weeks so in mid-april
1: i'm sure some of our Lang cove uh, listeners and cafe owners and things like that will want to pop on
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, don't hesitate to get in touch and we'll get someone to get some samples out to the to the guys.
0: Hmm. Well, this is all very interesting because um, you probably read about Tofu Gate at Lankove Council and I was stunned that two councillors had to get up and ask what protein-based products were because to me it was pretty obvious that there's a huge range and it's not just soy. And so uh, this is great information so that these counselors can see that protein um, plant protein products are easy to get easy to use who are the products for they're for flexitarians vegetarians vegans me you yeah look
2: at, look at anyone all right so that, that and that's the whole sort of i guess a changing dietary um yeah, uh, requirements there's a lot of people that are reducing meat consumptions for various reasons um could be health driven um eating too much uh, red meat and not enough uh, vegetables and fiber so there's there's you know switching away from that just because the balance of the plate is not quite right um, you now red meat has great great properties in it um, you know, if, in terms of health but having too much and not enough of the vegetables is you know, causes issues in health so there's a lot of people moving away from uh, meat for health reasons um, uh, animal welfare or ethical reasons if you're if you're that way inclined um, and sustainability so that the what we're sort of seeing at the moment is that you know, the the average carbon emissions for beef globally is one hundred kilograms per kilogram of beef, um, so one hundred kilograms of carbon. Our V two um product is now two point three kilograms. So if you are feeding a family of uh, family of four, five hundred grams of, of beef mince, and you switch across to V two, it's the you know, it's the same as not driving a car over two hundred fifty kilometers. It's it's a really big impact. So we're just not hearing about food um, and the impact it can have on the planet. I mean, David Attenborough's um, documentary that came out last last year was, um, his quote was like, the biggest single impact you can have is changing across um, your beef habits. And it doesn't mean switching to, you know, becoming a vegan overnight, you know, and like you know, if, if you can do that, then fantastic. You're probably a lot better than you know, most of us. Um, but it's just, you know, it's here and there and understanding that, you know, these small, simple changes that you don't notice can have a large impact. So, um, you know, once a week, having a meat-free Monday just you know can have a have a big impact. So, um, it's, it's just something to try. You know, people are taking it different you know different ways. And I think you know our new range, especially schnitzels and um, that kind of thing, it's just a really easy way to to. It looks exactly the same, cooks exactly the same, and you know uh, hopefully the whole family will, will eat it. And that's when we do eat with our taste buds. So um, that's the, the biggest biggest factor to please people with.
1: Are you looking into uh, lab-grown meats? So, as an alternative, I know that that's happening in
2: a few places overseas. Yeah, okay, really, really interesting question. So, um, Franken food, lab-grown, cell-based meats, all that kind of thing. Um, v two isn't. So, you know, we we work with the uh, scientists, at CSRO, and other leading institutions from around the world to take um, soy at the moment um, and extract the protein out of that. And then turn that into a texture and then add in the amino acids you find in beef, um, coconut fat to give you that you know, nice ma- mouthfeel, uh, beetroot uh, to give you so the ready colour. And there's lots of really clever ways to actually then build it back up to actually uh, take meat science and say what makes that up and then turn that into a... Uh, basically, imagine you were making something like up at home and you're making a cake. We just do the same thing with a bunch of ingredients that are all um, you know, non-artificial, um, non-GMO. So if you talk about cell-based meat... Um, or lab-grown. It's about taking the the animal cells and then propagating them. So in the same way that you could uh, grow skin for burn victims or um, replacements like that, it's uh, replicating it. So at the moment, it's very um, you know, uh, cutting-edge technology. It's very uh, labor-intensive and, and resource-intensive. So it's expensive, right? Um, at the moment, you know, we don't really want to pay $1,000 for a steak. Um, so it will take a long time to get there. So I think, you know, in 10 to 15 years, uh, that will become, uh, you know, more prevalent, but they have to sort of unlock the commercials of it because, you know, we don't want to pay more for it. So for us, um, we've got a particular focus, which is, is using plants and um, other ingredients to actually just replicate and we'll see where it goes. I mean, the, the future is in, insane, you know, the things that people are looking at. And then also, it's it's for people to understand, um, you know, are they comfortable with eating something that has been, I guess, uh, replicated in a in a lab or in a um, a growing environment, or do they prefer mixed ingredients, or do they prefer to you know stick to, to animal meat?
0: I just want people to know that we haven't, when you're not a sponsor in the COVID all, V two, I've never had anything to do with Andrew except for this, but what happened was that his mum Jenny, who's one of in the coast's first ever followers. Um, as soon as she saw the tofu gate she said my beautiful son has to tell you all about what he's doing so and it just made sense because of the fact that the May family has been such a big part of Blaine Cove so um, I just thank you so much for contacting us and letting us know and I will be looking for V2 in the supermarket so I guess it's in the meat section rather than the deli section
2: uh yeah so both in in Cove, in uh woolworths it's in uh down the back towards the the butcher section um and then in coles it's uh currently on the end of the uh i think it's the chicken chicken section that faces the organic um produce so just at the back end um of that And there's a a nice little range in both and, and more products to come
1: I, I think jackie i think it is time to uh do a little trick on uh, Mister ITC. I think a bit of a uh, mock spaghetti bolognese could
2: work well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean we had some uh, tradie friends around that we had made a lasagna for, and didn't tell them until they finished the meal. And they're like, "Oh, that was great!" I was like, "By the way, it was uh, there was no meat in it." And just watch, watching that first reaction is always always a bit of fun. Um, you know, if you know it's coming, you can probably taste the difference. But if you are uh, if they have no idea, then they just don't pick it. Just tastes like any other um, dish.
0: Okay. Andrew, thank you so much for, for taking time out to talk to us and um, and we really appreciate it.
2: My pleasure. I look forward to uh, appearing on the uh, council uh, catering list.
0: What happens in the Cove stays in the Cove.
1: What's happening in Lane Cove over Easter in the next few weeks?
0: I can't believe it's Easter's here, but then there were hot cross buns in the stores on Boxing Day. Easter break is coming and one of the, In The Cove's articles that always gets a lot of, of attention is our Easter opening hours. So we will tell you what's open on during the Easter holidays for all those coffee addicts out there who need their coffee. And surprisingly, there are more and more, more places open on Good Friday and you'll be able to find that on inthecove.com.au. We'll also tell you how to find a doctor at the Easter break. And also one of our um, nutritionists, Wendy Middleton from A Cut Above Nutrition has a great article on how you can have your cake and eat it too, or in this case, have your chocolate and eat it too at Easter. Um, She's got some good tips on on eating chocolate without smashing on the weight. So that's all very exciting. And it's on inthepove.com.au.
1: Well, we're hopeful that this rain will go away and I know that um, you know people have been worried about what's been going on all over the state and in other parts of Sydney with the flood victims. Apparently there's going to be a bit of a uh, concert on in Lane Cove to support uh, some of the issues around flooding.
0: That's correct, Rob. There's going to be a concert in the canopy by Christine Arnoux. All the details are on In the Cove and it's ten dollars to buy a ticket and all all the proceeds go to um the flood victims uh in new south wales so it's a really good cause she is one
1: hell of a talent and i know you've you've uh you've seen something you've got a christine anu story
0: Well, I do, Rob, because um, one of my very, very, very good friends is an Aria-winning sound producer, and he won his Aria by producing My Island Home by Christine Arnoux. And uh, whenever we go to his place, we always say, make sure that you don't drink too much and get the Aria, because it is A, it's heavy, and B, it's very pointy, so you could do some real damage with that Aria.
1: Jackie, that's my reason for not winning an Aria. I feel like they're quite dangerous. But for everyone listening to In the Cove, we're going to keep doing the podcast. Yes, they may not come out every week, but it's an important way of you hearing what's going on in the Cove. Listen to what's going on in the future. Get a few interviews happening when you go for a walk down at the park. Those dogs are desperate for a walk, so you've got to keep taking them. If you're liking In the Cove, don't forget to
0: rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. Rob, do you know how you can find out more about In the Cove? You can go to our website, inthecove.com.au, our Facebook page, our closed Facebook page, Lang Cove Chat by ITC, where a lot of conversation happens, our Instagram, and also you can sign up for our wonderful news blast, which happens every Wednesday. You can find a sign-up on inthecove.com.au. So really, we're multifaceted, multi-platform. In the Cove, we are so in the know.
1: And, uh, Jackie, it's been a pleasure to be talking to you again.
0: Rob, the pleasure is all mine.
1: We'll see you next time.
0: Bye. What happens in the Cove stays in the Cove.
1: This podcast has been produced by localpodcast.com.au. If your organisation needs a podcast, contact Rob. O four O four two eight nine nine five six.